Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, thank you for coming today to the Rev It Up Podcast. I have an awesome guest here with David Meltzer. And uh, I met him on LinkedIn and he is an amazing gentleman. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I wanted to thank you again. And um, so I was watching one of your uh, uh, episodes on YouTube uh, yesterday and it talked about uh, about being happy and how important that is uh, to your success. If you could tell us a little bit about uh, that. Yeah. So, you know, through my journey, I have a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy uh, in my lifetime. And the way that I'm going to get there is to empower a thousand people like you, Jess, that I know will empower a thousand to empower a thousand, a thousand times a thousands, a million, a million times a thousands, a billion. Uh, but if I can create a collective consciousness of happiness, happiness being the greatest virus of all time, one which is spread simply by witnessing it, it strengthens us emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, it even strengthens our immune system. So if I can teach people through core values and daily practices in order to effectuate the mindset, the heart set, and the conscious continuum that's necessary to be happy, I believe humbly that I can help impact or empower the world uh, in a very significant way with a very focused effort. Wow, that is powerful stuff. And before I get too far in, I, I always like to give you an opportunity to tell people where to find you, um, wh uh, where to get your book and all that. Sure. Well, you know, for me, I do a free Friday training every Friday uh, and it's to help empower people. I've been doing it for over 20 years. Uh, I give my personal email address, which is david at dmeltzer.com. Uh, everything David Meltzer, my website's dmeltzer.com. I have, if you'd like, all of these different things. One, I have the top podcast in the entrepreneur space called The Playbook on Entrepreneur. Uh, itself. I have a TV show that I'm executive producer of called Elevator Pitch, as you mentioned. Uh, I also have a TV show on Bloomberg TV and Amazon, which will be airing in January called Two Minute Drill. I've written four books and you're welcome. I give my books for free. So all you got to do is email me, david at dmelter.com. I'll send you the book, sign it, pay for shipping, exercises, guides, everything I do for free. Um, I also uh, speak around the world. I have one of the top executive coaching businesses in the world. And I do that all under the context of empowering that 1,000 to empower 1,000 to empower 1,000 to be happy. Wow. Thank you very much. And um, so um, in your book, you talked a little bit about staying disciplined. And, and I know for me personally, uh, that's a challenge. I, like, I kind of like the shiny object type thing. And uh, so what are a few tips on how to stay disciplined and focused on your business? Yeah, so... Discipline is a matter of happiness in the respect that it's in learning to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of your potential. So the keys to being consistent is one, to get into the practice of taking inventory of your own values. If you take inventory of your own values every day, personal, experiential, giving, receiving values, then you're going to be disciplined because you're going to take activity you get paid for, activity you don't get paid for, even your sleep, and align it with those 
values that you get into the discipline of. So I go beyond just creating habits. I say, let's create a habit machine. Therefore, once the machine is set, whatever you want to effectuate or implement in your life, we can put through the habit machine with different uh, strategies like lowering the bar in order to be more consistent, like finding the light, the love and the lessons, understanding that pain is an indicator, just an indicator that you have a lesson to learn and suffering is a process. It's the process of finding the light, the love and the lessons. So if we can have the right mindset on suffering and pain and allow ourselves to lower the bar and understand that everything grows exponentially, accelerates, compounds in its interest. And therefore, if we don't do something, we create a zero effect, a vacuum of what we don't want and focus in on what we're missing. We get more of what we're missing. We focus in on what we don't want. We get more of what we don't want. What I train people to do is to focus in on what they do want to implement the mathematical equation of luck, which says, I'm going to pay attention to what I want. I'm going to give it my intention, the things they do believe here, all the unconscious competencies I have, personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, addictions, all of those things aggregated together. My attention plus my intention will equal the coincidences that I want in my life. In other words, people call me lucky. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I, I always, uh, it's funny. Uh, my wife and I play Yahtzee and I always tell people I'm lucky and I, I, I feel like I'm a lucky person all the time, but it's funny because we'll sit there literally and roll Yahtzee and, and I'll get, you know, like 10 X the amount of Yahtzees that she gets just by rolling dice. I don't know if I rolled, it doesn't make any sense logically because it should be just a numbers thing. But for some reason um, I, I, I always kind of had this little luck streak going. I don't know. But you're connected, man. You're connected. You're channeling it. Something. I don't know. I think that's kind of funny. So how do you, um, how do you uh, encourage people to get through that pain to get to that reward that you're talking about? Well, you know, I do some fun things like number one, come to the realization that everybody's life sucks the same amount. And so number one, to think that there are people out there that you could actually achieve no pain would mean that you would sit into a comfort zone. Usually, you know, today's words, it's, you know, I'm high, broke, sick, lying on my mom's couch. Uh, that, that's the comfort zone. But if you're trying, if you're enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, you're going to re receive pain. But you can't look as pain as a stop sign. Pain is an exciting thing. It's an indicator. It pushes you in a better place. What people don't take into, con uh, into constructive uh, thought is number one, what if I am exactly where I'm supposed to be, right? So for me, I am very happy where I'm at, very happy. I'm, I know I'm at the right place at the perfect time, but my objective for the day is to angle towards what I think I want, knowing humility that I don't know everything and I don't know what's best for me and I don't know the best place for me, but I got to move somewhere. So I'm going to angle towards what I think I want. And this is where my life changed is when I realized but I have the faith. I have the faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better. And what happens is most people either one, they're not happy where they're at and then they never get anywhere because they start focusing on what they don't have, what they are missing in their lives and they get more of that, or they do like where they're at and they don't know where to go. So they never get moving. So they're just happy where they're at. And that's all they're going to do is go to their cubby hole nine to five and they never improve, expand, accelerate, grow, compound in interest. And then even those people that like where they're at and are moving towards what they want, 
their arrogance, their ego gets in their way. They have a need to be right, a need to be offended, separate, inferior, superior, worried, resentful, guilty, all those different things. And they end up not getting to where even they think they want to be because they get in their own way with those ego-based consciousness because they put faith in what they don't want, the insecurities, the fears, the separation, et cetera. Instead of if you are happy where you're at, at the right place at the perfect time, angle to what you think you want, be humble enough to know, I have faith I'm going to end up somewhere better. That's how extraordinary things happen. Okay. And so if, if, there, if you are stuck or you feel stuck, is there uh, some like action steps you'd recommend to kind of get them moving in the right direction so they can grow some more? Yeah. So getting, I tell people get stuck, getting stuck. Uh, life is like a, 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 a grass growing. And what happens is, you know, in the soft, moist dirt, it keep, the grass grows real easy. And then it gets close to the surface where you're breaking through yeah. the grass feels stuck. Well, what is it doing? It's strengthening itself so it can break through the minerals and the hard surface. And then once it breaks through, it grows like wild weeds and bamboo. But moreover, like a butterfly breaking out of a cocoon, if you cut open the cocoon, the butterfly dies because the reason it has to break out of its own cocoon and be stuck in the cocoon is so it strengthens the wing enough to fly. So if you're stuck, you're just strengthening your wings. Ah, you're strengthening your, you're a blade of grass. You're strengthening yourself so that you can get to where you need to go. And so you should be excited and get stuck to speed up the process of getting stuck, lean into being stuck, get excited about being stuck, be inspired that you're almost there. The biggest problem with everybody is that they don't understand exponential growth, acceleration and compound interest. 99% of the people quit before they're 25% of the way there, because by the time they get to 20, because people don't mind hard, they hate long. And because exponential growth doesn't work in a linear sense, meaning if you're going to double your efficiencies of getting somewhere and it takes you 20 years to get to where you want to be, you're not going to be halfway there till 19 years. And so what happens is people get to like 10 years and like, I should be at least halfway there. You're not even close to halfway there because that's how acceleration, compound interest and exponential growth work. And so we have to have a strong mindset about being stuck and understand that 99% of the people quit before they're 25% of the way there because they don't understand this. And the 1% that continue, another 99% quit before they get to 50% of the way there. So you got to be one of the 1% of the 1% and enjoy that consistent, persistent pursuit of that. Take time out of the equation, have faith and understand segmentation, understand exponential growth and acceleration, and especially compound interest. You could double the efficiency in which you are productive and it will take you 18 of the 20 years to get to 25%, 19 to get to 50, and then you get the last 50% in the last year. So keep that in your mind when you feel stuck. You're really not stuck. Last example, I have a 10-year-old I bought a pair of shoes for. Literally, three weeks later, he says he's stuck in his shoes. I'm like, what do you mean you're stuck in your shoes? I just bought those. I didn't see you grow. I've been with you every single day. Yeah, yeah he's stuck. I'll tell you why. Because he's growing. He's expanding. This is a good thing. He's stuck in his shoes. You're stuck in your shoes. Now go buy a new pair of shoes. That's what I say. Lean into it. <laughs> Oh, my wife and I just had that conversation about our eight-year-old boy. We've just bought jeans like like a month and a half ago, and he doesn't fit anymore. And he's just he's just hit a he's growth spurt. And he's yeah. stuck. He's growing. <laughs> he's growing. It's a good thing. You yeah. wanted to get stuck in his clothes. That's right. Oh, that's funny. Um, so I, I stole this from your book, but your book, uh, um, "Strive, Drive, Thrive, and Revive." 
And I thought it would be great to hear kind of your thoughts on, on those keywords there. Hey everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company find over $100,000 in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on Five Steps to Profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. Yeah, for me, that's the story of my life, my journey. I grew up with nothing, so I was striving for more. I lived in a world of more than enough where I was a victim. I'm sorry, a world of not enough where I was a victim, not enough of anything for everyone, food stamps, my mom packed my dinner in a paper bag, worked two jobs, six kids, single mom, cried every time the car broke down. Only time I wasn't happy was financial stresses. So I was striving to be rich to buy my mom a house in a car. And I, one advantage of thinking money buys love and happiness is it keeps your options open to everything because you're always looking for something that'll make you more money. I ended up graduating law school and taking a job because of that perspective of striving uh, in sales instead of practicing as an oil and gas litigator. In fact, my mom even told me the internet was a fad. I'd ruin my life if I was a salesman and how dare I do that and what a mistake it would be. And just once again, a great lesson of just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. If you want to get somewhere, find someone that's already there and ask them for directions. My mom wasn't there. I was a striver. And what happened was I then became a driver. I took that job and I drove and I took control of my own life, my mindset, my heart set, what I think, say, do, believe, created the power of 64 to be twice as productive, twice as efficient, twice as statistically successful, seven days a week, nine months out of law school. I drove my way all the way to be a millionaire, bought my mom a house and a car, paid off my law loans, continually drive, drive, drive until I was a multimillionaire by 30, running the most notable phone company, Samsung's uh, first phone division with a Windows device with Microsoft and a Samsung manufactured device at 30 years old, married to my dream girl from the fourth grade who hated me in the fourth grade, by the way, and now multimillionaire, I was thriving. And what happened was thriving, I had empowered others to empower others, but the dive then took place. I lost core values, my gratitude, my forgiveness, my accountability, my inspiration, and I surrounded myself with the wrong people I surrounded myself with the wrong ideas. I started voting for what I didn't want in my life. And I ended up losing over $100 million, almost lost my family and my life. But I recovered and made it all back by reviving, utilizing four key values. Gratitude gave me perspective to find the light, the love, and the lessons and what I had gone through. Forgiveness gave me peace for all the mistakes and learning that I had to go through, the suffering and pain that we previously had mentioned, and then accountability. I took accountability. I told myself, what did I do to attract all this to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? Which allowed me to be inspired, shifting the paradigm that no longer would I give to receive. No longer would I live in a world of not enough where I was a victim, where things happened to me. No longer would I live in a world of just enough for me, buying things I didn't need, surrounding myself with people I didn't even like doing things I didn't even want to do, buying different things to be happy, buying more things to be happy, buying things to impress people I didn't even like to be happy. That world was no longer, I was going to shift the paradigm to live in a world of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone, an abundant world coming through me, not for me or to me, but through me for everyone else. And that was the revival. So you got to strive, then drive, and then thrive. Hopefully you won't dive, but if you do, use those key principles of gratitude, accountability, forgiveness, and inspiration in order to revive. Wow. That is powerful. What a, what a 
great uh, overcoming story that you have. And uh, it's just amazing what you've been able to do. And I can sense all the gratitude and, and appreciation and all the content that you've put out. It's, it's just, it really is encouraging to a lot of folks out there, kind of like you said. Um, and now we need to pass it on, like you said, too. So, um, so I, again, stole something else from another one of your other, your other book uh, with uh, Jack Canfield and uh, Cynthia Kersey. Um, but determine what uh, you're brilliant at and then delegate everything else. And how do you, uh, um, how do you go about determining what you're brilliant at, first of all, because a lot of people have trouble identifying that. And then second, you know, um, how do you go about delegating? Well, it's a practice. So you're going to get better at determining what you're good at, because obviously you have to practice certain things to figure out what you're good at. You have to have an open mind and an open heart in order to experience that. But what we need to do is look inside to find what we want outside. That's the real point of it, meaning you have certain capabilities. And if we develop the skills that we have, the knowledge of who and what, and align them with our desire, our core values, personal, experiential, giving and receiving, that we will angle towards our greatest self, our higher self, our potential. We will angle towards this brilliance. And then the idea of delegate everything else is if you utilize the do it now strategy, right? One of the best statistics in the world is 99% of all statistics are made up. The other one that I love is 100% of the things you do now get done. Uh, and then the difference between successful people and everyone else is successful people get shit done. And so if you use the do it now uh, philosophy where you ask yourself, can I do it now according to my values today, aligned with my skills, knowledge, and desire today? If I can do it now, I'll do it. If not, I can delegate it. And when delegation means two things, one, delegate it to someone else or delegate it to a later date. A time when you may be able to prioritize this, but those priorities are all based off of your inventory of both your values and your capabilities. Okay. And do you, um, do you schedule a lot of that stuff out in your calendar or how do you keep track of those things you need to delegate? So for, yeah, for me, it's uh, being a student in my calendar. We talked about studying the attention plus intention equals the coincidences. I use a lens. I call it the Meltzer Kaleidoscope for myself. You can call it the Jess Kaleidoscope or Tiffany Kaleidoscope for yourself. But my kaleidoscope has three lenses. I look at what I have planned, what I don't have planned in my sleep with three lenses. Number one, productivity. How much value am I going to provide with this activity? Two, it's a bifocal lens called accessibility. How accessible am I to others? And how am I accessing what I want? And then finally, the most important lens that you know, which is aligned with me, is gratitude. Gratitude to me is the most powerful thing on earth. Gratitude will change your life. You simply, 0.1 seconds at night, 0.1 seconds in the morning, 30 straight days will change your life. If you can say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up, I guarantee your life will change. I have studied this physics, metaphysics, quantum physics. I'm on the Transformational Leadership Council with Jack Canfield and Bob Proctor and Mary Morrissey, all these. They all agree. John Asaroff, Lee Brower, everybody agrees. Gratitude is the most powerful thing. So find the light, the love, and the lessons in the activity I planned, don't have planned in your sleep. And then finally, sleep itself is an exercise to me. So when I look at my sleep, I think, okay, I got eight hours of exercise. I better warm up. 
So my tomorrow starts today. My warm-up routine for sleep is called an unwinding routine. So I take all negative energy out of my way, distractions, interferences, void shortages, obstacles, frustrations, negativity, and I wind it down so that by the time I pass out from the utilization of all my energy, I am a clean, clear connection to the greatest source of power, light, and love for eight hours. And then I wake up at a higher frequency called neutral, a higher frequency where I can plateau and grow. Problem with most people is they live the myth of Sisyphus. They spend their whole day pushing a boulder up to the top of the hill just to have it roll down to the bottom every day. And then they start over again. Not me. I plateau and grow. I utilize that calendar. I study it with my attention and intention, and I receive the luck of that mathematical equation, the coincidences that I prepare for. Wow. I don't even know where to go with that. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, okay, we got, we got time for one more question. So absolutely make it a good one. Um, so well, I'll ask you this, um, it's not on my paper, but uh, um, how has LinkedIn uh, worked for you as far as leveraging it for growing your brand? Cause um, I'm a big LinkedIn guy. So I figured I'd, uh, ask you yeah. how you how you do that smart question a lot of people don't ask the pragmatic side of you know it's great all these great theoretical philosophical spiritual answers that can empower and inspire us but they what do you do to get some business how do we make money help people and have fun uh so i see linkedin as a part and parcel uh for me i have a four-step procedure i capture what i do like this interview then I modify it for all the mediums, radio, print, TV, social media, email, phone, in-person. Everything I do is captured, modified, amplified correctly, like on LinkedIn, to the audience in the format, in the size, shape, and form that people most find appetizing on LinkedIn. And then I perpetuate it. Because I know that unlike ever before in business, our brands also accelerate, grow, and exponentially grow and compound in interest. Therefore, if I have a legitimate way to codify and perpetuate it, people can search it 10 years from now. They can binge watch Dave Meltzer the same way they do The Office. And that's already happening. I got a Dave Meltzer search engine so people can just look this stuff up and find the thousands of videos that I've done on gratitude or oh, wow. be more interested than interesting. And that's just at search.dmeltzer.com. Check it out. You can have a Dave Meltzer search engine and find all the different videos answered specific to the questions you ask. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you again, uh, Dave, for uh, being on our show. Uh, awesome information. And I know a lot of people are going to just... Uh, binge watch this episode probably so awesome i appreciate it jess thank you so much all right thank you again have a great day you too take care thank you thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you on the next show